Hey everyone, it's Joel. In this review lecture, I'm going to talk about the concept of reparations. We've spent a week or so talking about reparations, and the conversations have been super, super rich. So I just want to do a little bit of rehearsal here. So what does reparations refer to? And we had some really good discussion about this um, in class. So I'm just going to go ahead and pull up some of the answers that you all came up with and kind of just remind us what we were thinking as a class about this. And one of you wrote on Ghost Soapbox that reparations is the act of making amends, offering compensation or making amends for a wrong or injury. So I think this idea of making amends and offering compensation is really accurate. I mean, that's very um like very integral to reparations. Um, and someone wrote amending the wrongs of the past. A lot of people talked about economic or monetary compensation. So someone said giving money to those impacted by slavery and historic discrimination. Right. So this would be like reparations for a particular wrongdoing, namely slavery and historic discrimination. Um, but you could make reparations for, for lots of other things, right? So we need to distinguish between the way of making reparations and the recipients of reparations. And we could also talk about those who owe reparations. So there are three things there. The way you make reparations, the people who receive reparations, and the people who have to give reparations. And so, yeah, this answer talks about giving money. That's one way of making reparations. Um, someone else on the same sort of vein of thought said it's economic support. Um, so... I think that's sort of right. I mean, reparations is probably always going to involve some sort of economic uplift or some sort of economic compensation. Um, but it, it might be more than that. Um, someone said that reparations means paying back things that are owed to others. Yeah, I think that's so, somewhat close. Um, although what I, what I think we don't want to say is we don't want to say that if I like pay back a loan that I'm making reparations. Right, because sometimes I pay back a loan, and the loan was freely given. I didn't commit an injustice uh, to get that to, to to acquire the debt, and so just paying back something isn't enough. I think to 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 be do, making reparations. Really, reparations has to has to do with um, trying to make up for a, a past wrongdoing. So crucial to reparations is that some sort of injustice or wrongdoing has occurred. And as a lot of you have wrote on Go Soapbox, you're trying to make amends for that. Um, so, for example, one of you said tangible payment for past wrongdoings. Tangible payment for past wrongdoings. And I think that's definitely getting closer because, look, we have here this idea of wrongdoing and we're trying to make payment for it. Um, someone said giving financial or extra opportunities to repair for past damages. Yeah, good. I think that's definitely getting things, um, right to some extent here. Someone says compensation for harm done. Nice. So again, we're, t we're kind of thinking of reparations as a form of compensation. And we're going to see that actually a lot of reparationist movements think of reparations a little more broadly than that. Reparations is not less than compensation, but it's almost always more than compensation. But I like that a lot of us are recognizing the role of compensation in reparations. This is a very important point. Sometimes when we have an inequality in society, or there is a need or a, a deprivation, say poverty, we will craft public policy 
that is meant to address that inequality or meant to address that deprivation. We might try to incentivize the job market to create new jobs. We try to stimulate the economy. We might create something like universal basic income, UBI. That's like a lot of people are talking about that these days. We might try to cut taxes on certain kinds of businesses so that they're incentivized to grow and to be creative and so on. There, there, there's like myriad of different policy proposals for creating economic growth and getting people out of economic need and economic depri- deprivation. But reparations isn't... It's not really public policy in its most basic sense. Reparations is not just our efforts to stimulate the economy or to help people out of poverty. Reparations is about wrong, uh, righting a wrong. That's crucial. There's a wrongdoing here. Moreover, reparations is always about targeting a particular group that uh, is owed reparations. And it's going to involve some sort of, usually some sort of monetary compensation or some sort of uh, conferral of a a tangible resource, as one of you put it. Um, Whereas when we just have general public policy aimed at addressing inequality and poverty, we're not targeting a particular group. I mean, we definitely want the the least well-off to be helped, but the policies tend to just kind of be universal. They're going to benefit everyone. And reparations might benefit everyone, but it's specifically targeted at redressing, resolving, and compensating for an injustice against a particular group. Okay. So one of you has this really nice kind of more elaborate definition of reparations. It's economic benefit provided to a marginalized group as compensation for the long-lasting malevolent impact of past oppression so yeah i mean that's that's really nice um you might even be able to make reparations to groups that are not marginalized um that's that's not really how the reparations movement has panned out because um as a matter of fact in history the groups that have experienced the most severe injustices have turned out to be the groups that are marginalized um, and so on Someone wrote this that I want to touch on. Putting systems or rules in place that benefit a certain group that was shown oppression and unfairness. Putting systems or rules in place that benefit a certain group. So this is really helpful. Um, We're also going to see that part of how people think of reparations is that there needs to be some sort of social reform. Some sort of social reform that undoes discriminatory behavior. So this is what is called anti-discrimination legislation or civil rights So yeah, that might be an important part of a reparations movement is to make sure that society is fairly and equally honoring the rights and dignity of all its citizens and to enact laws and practices that prevent discrimination, particularly against those who have historically already been aggrieved or experienced discrimination. But again, we're going to find that reparations in its, its richest, most robust sense is more than just putting rules in place. So think about the civil rights movement in the United States. The civil, the civil rights movement really started at the end of slavery, um, a lot of scholars argue. You know, so slavery in the United States ended in 1865, 
And we, be, we began what was called the Reconstruction Era, trying to regain and rebuild the United States after this devastating civil war. And there was like a 10, 12-year period where um, formerly enslaved people, African Americans, were making immense gains in politics and economics and so on. And then all of that was really reversed when federal protection was withdrawn. And in the South, this revival of passion and remembrance and I mean really racism took over again and that's when we entered the Jim Crow era so the civil rights movement was this slow burning slow march that led up to like 1968 with the Fair Housing Act but there were a bunch of civil rights decisions that were made before that so the 50s and the 60s is really the 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 sort of heyday of the civil rights movement in the United States and really a lot of that was about overturning voter suppression it was about overturning segregation in schools it was about redressing um uh like discriminatory practices in the hiring market and the job market um, it was about a lot of things, even including police reform. So there was a lot that went into the civil rights movement. But I think a lot of reparations are going to say that was a really important step in racial justice in the United States. But it wasn't full on reparations because it was just the legislation. And that's like the very bo- that's like the, 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 like the very bottom baseline thing that needs to happen to make repair. You need to make sure that your laws and your social policies are not discriminatory, that they treat everyone fairly and equally. And you might even need some that help to, to elevate people who are historically uh, aggrieved. So that's why we might favor policies like that are have an affirmative action orientation where they try to promote the increase of historically aggrieved people into certain job certain parts of the job sector and so on or into into education. But yeah, like Anti-discrimination legislation is is not itself fully reparations. And as a lot of you are noticing, the compensation seems to really be important to reparations. Okay, so a lot of you had really, really good things to say about reparations. And so now I'm going to give you um, maybe like a simple definition for reparations, and then I'll share with you another definition. There's no like correct definition. I mean, you, can, you could define this a variety of ways, but they're all going to fall within a certain... A certain like uh, they're all going to fall very close to each other and there are going to be certain features that i'm going to talk about in a second that are very crucial to reparations as it has historically been understood so one way to think of reparations is that it refers to the effort of an individual or national transgressor to repair injustice and its impact by offering compensation apology and reform on behalf of the aggrieved So it refers to the effort, usually of a national transgressor, to repair injustice and its impact by offering compensation, apology, and reform on behalf of the aggrieved. Now, Darity and Mullen, whose work work we read um, in class, and we interacted with a lot of their stuff, they have their own definition for reparations. So this comes from their really, really important book, From Here to Equality, Reparations for Black Americans in the 21st Century. This was published like two years ago. They say that reparations is a program of acknowledgement, redress, and closure for a grievous injustice. A program of acknowledgement, redress, 
and closure for a grievous injustice. And they write, where African Americans are concerned, the grievous injustices that make the case for reparations include slavery, legal segregation, Jim Crow, and ongoing discrimination and stigmatization. So my first definition talked about apology. They talk about acknowledgement. Those are very closely related, perhaps not the same. Um, Theirs talks about redress rather than compensation. And that's really important because redress might be bigger than compensation. So that might be a really helpful way of defining it. And they add this, closure for a grievous injustice. Closure. They think that at some point there needs to be closure and you need to do reparations right. It has to be done adequately so that the inequalities are resolved, the injury is healed, and we can move on in a way where people are equals and where they're not impacted by the lingering effect of the injustice. And that would be closure. So um, on an exam, I might ask you, you know, give me your definition of reparations, and you could try to copy one of those. But to summarize, there are a few things that in class we talked about that are crucial to reparations. Um, Some are more crucial than others because some of these aren't exactly necessary for reparations, but they're often important, historically have been really important for reparations. So there are at least four things. Uh, Restitution. Restitution is returning wrongful enrichments. So if you steal land, returning that land is a form of reparations, particularly it's restitution. And so returning stolen land to uh, indigenous groups is something that the United States has sort of tried to do, hasn't given back the exact land that was stolen. So you might think that really its restitution is incomplete um, or not fully adequate. But in any case, reparations often involves giving back what was taken However, it's often impossible to give back what was taken. How do you give back 40 years of someone's life after enslaving them? How do you give back their opportunities to build wealth? All those years of missed opportunities to make a life for themselves, to pursue their own projects, to pursue their own life, to live freely. How do you give that back? And it seems like in a lot of cases that the injuries can't be fully healed. The things that were lost can't be fully given back. That's why compensation is so crucial to reparations because compensation is an attempt to make up for losses and injuries by means of some material or monetary good. So you find something that is comparable in value or that has some symbolic value as a way of saying, I can't give you back what, what was fully lost, but nonetheless, I need to compensate all that I took from you. I need to compensate the violence, uh, the indignity that I, I, I directed your way. And so usually that comes in the form of some sort of monetary good. But also, I mean, compensation is also, it makes a ton of sense if what you stole from people was their labor. So in the United States, I mean, for over 150 years, uh, southern states and southern landowners and plantation owners extracted free labor, forced, often violent labor from African Americans. That needs to be compensated. That has never been compensated. Um, And not only that, but like throughout Jim Crow and leading up to 1968, African Americans had unequal chances of getting certain kinds of jobs, of acquiring homes. We talked all about this in our second week. We talked about the way that the federal government, particularly the Federal Housing Authority, worked pretty tirelessly 
to segregate blacks from whites. And it didn't do that in a way that gave each equal opportunities to live in good neighborhoods. No, whites were given really good opportunities to acquire uh, good mortgage loans with good interest and so on, whereas African-Americans were largely excluded from those wealth-building opportunities. Through redlining, African-Americans or those living in integrated neighborhoods were prevented from getting good mortgage loans or refinancing their homes. And through this other approach um, where the Federal Housing Authority basically built suburbs for white people and required that contractors put exclusionary deeds in the in the in the exclusionary clauses in the deeds of these homes the federal housing administration authority was complicit in preventing african americans from moving into suburbs with these new homes in good working in in good uh, neighborhoods and so on so we don't need to retrace that history you can go listen to the richard rothstein interview for more of that but look there was extracted forced labor there was all sorts of exclusion from wealth building opportunities there was discrimination in the labor market and all of this happened sure by individuals and by states but the federal government also oversaw a lot of this encouraged it was complicit was silent in the midst of it and so you know the the contemporary reparations movement argues that compensation is owed by who? By the federal government. This isn't just something that individual institutions or states need to do. It's something that the federal government, it's a national debt. So reparations involves restitution. It involves compensation, which is making up for losses um, and injuries by means of material or monetary goods. And then third, there's this really important one that we often overlook, apology, or what Darity and Mullen call acknowledgement. This is like super super prevalent in reparations movements, there's this demand that the the wrongdoer, the transgressor, acknowledge the wrongdoing, acknowledge it. So more recently, an activist, Lisa Sharon Harper, has been advocating for what she calls radical truth-telling. So she's, she's calling on the nation not only to offer compensation to historically aggrieved African-Americans, but to undergo a project of radical truth-telling where we tell the story, we tell the whole story of American history, and we remember that story. This has been a part of reparations movements after the Holocaust and elsewhere in, in, um, in Africa. There's always an emphasis on, on acknowledging the wrong done, and that's crucial to reparations. There's also finally this fourth one, what I call reconciliation or restoration. Reconciliation or restoration. And this is a more contentious one, but roughly that involves repairing relationships, restoring dignity and social harmony, peace and harmony between racial groups, if you're talking about racial injustice. It's restoring harmony between people, between the aggrieved and the transgressors, or between the aggrieved and the non-aggrieved, and getting people back into a place, not just where the law treats them the same, not just where they have been compensated, but where they acknowledge each other's humanity, where they can relate with each other as equals. And some people argue that this is crucial to reparations, that what is owed is as is, is an effort to create restoration between people. But others, like John Tory, who does work on reparations, argues that that's actually not central to reparations. That's a good thing to pursue, and we should do that. 
um, for sure through our institutions, our families, our churches, our schools, and so on. We should we should promote that. But that's not really the reparations argument, or that's not really the 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 demand of reparations. For him, you got to cut the check. You got to make the apology. So there's some debate about that. Okay, so restitution, compensation, apology, and reconciliation have historically been very important parts of reparations, but you could also add some more things. And in class, some of you did. You had really good additions to this. Um, So one of you talked about accountability, ongoing accountability, holding the institutions that committed the wrongdoings or were complicit in the wrongdoings, holding them accountable, asking them, what are you going to do to change and create an environment that conduces to equality, that conduces to flourishing and dignity, right? So we, we want to hold the federal government accountable. We want to hold the various states, I mean, almost every state in the United States, we want to hold them accountable and ask them, what are you going to do to make sure that there's racial equality and racial dignity in light of your history of not doing any of that? And then in the definition I gave at the beginning, I talked about reform, and I think that reparations really off, it was also, it's going to have to require re- reform. This is going to be through legislation. Um, policing reform might be one that a lot of reparations care about. So we don't just want to like, and it's really intuitive why you want accountability and reform. You don't just want to cut the check, issue the apology, and then people fall back into inequality, fall back right into the very systems that might be harming them. Um, you can cut a check. But if there is discrimination in policing, if there's discrimination in the job market, and we looked at some evidence that there is, then that check might be really important, but it still might leave you vulnerable to all sorts of racial indignities and racial injustice. So reparations is quite a broad thing. It's not just compensation, contrary to what people think. And it's not just legislative reform. It's not just anti-discrimination legislation. It involves compensation for sure. It involves reform, but we're going to throw in their apology um, and, and some would argue reconciliation and restoration. Okay. I think I'm just going to end there. Um, so... The discussion has been really rich, and I look forward to talking with you all more about this. See ya.